Hi friends, I'm Christian Kuhn. I'm the pastor of Emerging Ministries at Urban Village and also the pastor at River Forest United Methodist Church. My pronouns are he, him, and his. Well, these days when we see one another, certainly one of the first questions that we ask each other is, how are you? Now before, pre-quarantine, we might ask that question as kind of offhanded, saying, so how things are going? But now we really want to know, how are you? And that then leads us to building connections with one another, and that might lead to other questions, including one of those questions could be, so what are you watching these days? What are you listening to? What are you reading? There are lots of reasons for that, one of which is because our calendars have been turned upside down, and there are times now we have chunks of minutes and hours that we don't quite know what to do with. So we want to know, what are you watching? What are you listening to? What are you reading? My family has kind of gone all over the map one night, not too long ago, we went from to two extremes, from watching The Great British Bake Off to watching Tiger King all in one evening. I've also been listening to some, of, some albums. I mentioned in a previous sermon that I got a turntable last Christmas, so I've been slowly building up, building back up my vinyl collection. Quick shout out to South Rhodes Records and Grant Crusoe in helping me to do that. I put on Purple Rain one night and was astonished to know that my kids weren't quite familiar with that. So I realized I might have failed in my parenting duty. So we listened to that, but also enjoying some recent uh, favorites too of albums that I bought, including one that I highly recommend by uh, Michael uh, Kiwanuke. And so we connect with one another in this way. And one reason not only to build relationships with one another, but also because if we don't have the TV on, if we don't have uh, earbuds in our ears, that means there's silence. And silence can be kind of scary because silence means that we're alone with our thoughts and sometimes that's a little overwhelming. But could it be that silence actually is a way for God to draw closer to us, even when we're in isolation? That's what I want to reflect on today as we continue this sermon series called Loners faithing in place, we are taking, taking a look at individuals in scriptures who are by themselves. And in the midst of that isolation, they actually can draw closer to God. Today, we're reflecting on and focusing on a man named Elijah. So who is Elijah? He's a pretty noteworthy prophet in the Older Testament. He spoke a lot about the need for monotheism, only one true God. And by doing so, he got into trouble with the powers that be, particularly King Ahab and his wife Jezebel. If you ever want to get a sense of a biblical reality show, read the chapter before the passage we read today. Read 1 Kings 18. You have everything there. We have dueling prophets. We have fires coming from the skies. We have some pretty significant violence going on. We have Elijah trash-talking these other prophets. And in the midst of all of it, Elijah comes out the victor which does not please Ahab and Jezebel. And that's where we pick up in today's passage. They have essentially put a death warrant out on Elijah's head. And so, understandably, external circumstances have driven him into isolation. Does that sound familiar? External circumstances driving him into isolation. And on this long journey, he finally falls down and is exhausted. Now we don't know is it because of this long journey that's why he's sleeping and needs rest? Is that why he's so hungry and needs something to eat? Could be. I was also reading one biblical scholar this week that says perhaps Elijah is 
living with depression. He calls out and wondering if he should actually go on living. And that might be another reason why he's napping and needs someone else to tell him when to eat. We can understand why, because of all that he is experiencing. And he has finally got to the point where he can be silent no longer. And he cries out to God. And that's why it's so powerful. I think part of this passage in verse 4, when Elijah says to God, It's more than enough, Lord. How often have we said that same verse ourselves in recent weeks? Especially if we have lost our jobs, or if we're in danger in doing so, or having in danger of losing our jobs. It's more than enough, Lord either because we have fallen ill or we know someone who is or we know someone who is caring for the ill or we cry out, it's more than enough, Lord. The uncertainty that goes on. We are like Elijah in saying this. It is more than enough, Lord. Now notice what God doesn't do here. God does not condemn Elijah for crying out. God does not chastise him for doing so either. Instead, God responds, not just with messengers who give him care, but God responds with a question. God asks Elijah, Why are you here, Elijah? Why are you here? Now, that's a big question. And on the one hand, we might think that this is a way for God to really get at the root of maybe Elijah's purpose. But I think, too, perhaps God is asking this question of Elijah because God wants to be in relationship with him. That's one reason why we ask questions of each other. Like when we say, how are you? Or when we say, so what are you reading these days? It's because we want to be in relationship with one another. And God, I believe, desires this so much with Elijah, just as I believe God desires that of us. And so God asks the question, so that Elijah will give a response so that they can stay connected. Why are you here, Elijah? Questions are such a powerful part of any kind of relationship. One way that I've been spending some of my time is certainly listening to podcasts. One of my favorites is the radio show slash podcast, This American Life. And I was listening to an episode a couple of weeks ago, and one of the segments highlighted one of the producers of this American wife, a woman named Bim Adewumni. Bim grew up in London. Her family was originally from Nigeria. She now lives in New York. Her brother, who still lives in London, has contracted COVID-19. And so she talks about what their relationship is like now. And she admitted that sometimes questions are there like, have you been drinking enough water? Or what is your temperature? And she describes this as kind of half language. These questions kind of skirt around the issue. They don't really get at the heart of what she's truly feeling. And that is, I am so scared that you are going to die. And these questions begin to get at that. And in, in the midst of this segment, she talks about her mother. And her mother shares this Yoruba saying to her, Yoruba, this tribe out of Nigeria. And the saying talks about that sometimes people speak from underneath their tongues. And that's perhaps what Ben is doing here. She's speaking beneath her tongue. The real meaning is, I love you so much, I'm afraid you're going to die. It comes out with the questions, what's your temperature today? But questions are the language beneath the tongue. 
that speak about that relationship with each other. Maybe that's what God is getting at here too. In addition to wanting to know why are you here, Elijah, God is also saying, I want to stay connected to you. Now, I believe God does the same for us today. And God might make that request of us and ask us questions. That doesn't mean that we always reciprocate. We may not always say, oh, great, I can't wait to say yes to this, God. There might be some instances in our lives because of a harmed relationship or for some other reason that we might not be so quick to jump into that yes. Like the evite that comes into your email box that you'll get around to one day, but never do. Maybe that question that God asks you or that request that God makes of you has been put on hold for now. Another reason may be because we're afraid of the silence. Because silence, as I noted earlier, means that we're alone with our thoughts and we're alone with God. And that can be scary. But it's why I'm grateful for verses 11 through 13 in this passage here today. It speaks about the power of what silence can do in our own relationship with God. Did you notice here that God tells Elijah, Elijah, I'm coming by. I want you to go out and pay attention to what happens here. So Elijah does so. Now, here we see, or sometimes when we think about how God speaks to us or how God speaks in any, uh, in any way, we might think that there's some big grand spectacle that God does. And that's what we see here too, some big noise happening. So first there is a strong wind that splits stones, it's so strong. And then there is fire, and then there's an earthquake, all this huge noise. But the text tells us that God is not in that noise. Instead, the scripture tells us that something else happens. There is a sound that's thin and silent. And that's when Elijah knows that God is there. And as I was reading and reflecting on this passage, which is one of my favorite stories in all of the scriptures, it struck me that this sounds sometimes like prayer life. When we can experience all of this different kind of noise that we might sense when we try to pray? And is God in that noise when we are alone in the silence with our own thoughts? And that's when I thought it might be helpful to reflect with you on the prayer life that I know the best, and that's my own. When I think about when I try to pray and the noise that goes on, generally these are in three different categories. There's really more than three. Sometimes I will do something like, why did I watch Tiger King last night? Those kinds of things flit into my own mind as I try to sit down in silence. But generally, I think there are three different areas when I begin to reflect with God, ask God questions, cry out to God. There's kind of three different ways that that happens. The first is when I think about my personal life and when I ask God questions. And I think these are really good ways for us to be in prayer. And so I will sometimes say, God, am I, am I even coming close to being a good father? Am I being an attentive husband? Am I being there as a friend, and as a son? And while these are good questions, sometimes in the silence, I sense noise, noise that is not of God. And that noise sometimes says to me, you know, you're really not that great of a father. You're ignoring your wife. Yeah, you haven't really been that great of a friend. 
And so when I listen too closely to that noise, that takes me away from God. But the passage tells us, and I believe, that God is not in that noise. God is not in that noise, friends. And sometimes in my own prayer life, I move from the personal when I think about society and what's going on in our world and all of the chaos that seems to be uh, in our phones and when we listen to the news every single day and we think, Lord, how long can this take place? It seems like all of the systems of injustice are winning. And so these are good questions to ask of God, but then sometimes the noise comes in and that noise says to me, give up. Those systems of evil have already won. There's nothing you can do. You might as well just go hibernate and just sit this one out because you make no difference whatsoever. That's the noise that sometimes goes into my own heart and soul and mind. But God is not in that noise. And then finally, certainly I ask God questions about my vocation. And maybe this is true for you too. When we ask God, I don't really know what I'm doing here. Can you show me a glimmer of light? Because I really need to know if I'm on the right path. God, where are you? What am I doing? Again, these are all good questions to ask. And then the noise comes in. That noise that is not of God. The noise that says to me, you know, really, you should give it all up altogether. Because you fail way too often. And you've been leading people down wrong paths. You've been taking the wrong steps. You're really worth not a whole lot. Friends, that's the noise. Maybe you hear those noises too in your own hearts, in your own minds. And that noise that tells us that you're really not that great of a friend or a partner, that tells you that there's no use for you to act, that, that tells you that really you're not that great at what you do, those are the noises, like the noises in this passage in 1 Kings, those are the noises that are not of God. God is not in those noises. Instead, after all the noises have passed, if we are patient and able to hang in there, then we hear that voice, sometimes thin and sometimes silent. That's where God's voice is. This happened to me a few weeks ago. I was having one of those particularly frustrating moments where I really didn't know what I was doing and what direction to go down. And so I asked God that question, Lord, am I, am I doing, am I coming close here and following you? Am I leading people in the correct way? And then when all the destructive noise started to go on in my head, I stuck with it and was patient and I knew that God was not in that noise. And then I sensed something so clearly, God saying to me, I love that you're asking the question." There have been a few times in my life where I have just known, I have known that this is God's word to me. And that was one of those moments. I love that you're asking the question. And that brought me so much comfort because it told me that God wanted to be in a relationship with me. It wouldn't have done much good if I suddenly got this blueprint that showed me exactly steps one through 10 of what I'm supposed to be doing because then I would take that blueprint and run off on my own. Instead, God, I sensed was speaking to me saying, I love that you're asking the question. Keep asking me these questions so that we can stay in relationship. And when that happens, then I sense nudges here, holy coincidences there so that I can stumble and go down the path, but hopefully truthfully obeying and listening 
and following to where God is leading. And when I'm patient and listen to the silence and listen to the call for relationship, that's what brings me comfort and peace. That's what I think God was trying to do with Elijah, and I think that's what God is trying to do for us, even when we're by ourselves in isolation, even in the silence when we're alone with our thoughts that go all over the place. That's completely normal when it does, when we are all over the map. But we must be careful to not let the harmful noise, that we mistake that harmful noise for the voice of God. Instead, God's presence is in the questions. God's presence is in the delight that we want to be in a relationship with God as well. I know that silence can be so intimidating. And I know we would rather turn on the noise in the background so that we would not have to deal with it at all. But if we are patient, and if we hang in there, and if we continue to voice a desire to also be in a relationship with God, and we can hang in there through the noise that tells us that we are less than, then we can sense God's questions of us, and we can also sense God's delight that we are asking the questions as well. And that's when relationship takes place. And that's when I believe we begin to grow deeper in our faith. And it can even happen when we are all by ourselves. And it can even happen in the silence. Sometimes it's great to have noise on in the backgrounds, to take our minds off things. But God's call to us is to cut through that noise. Because God's voice does as well. It's a voice of question. But really, it's the language beneath that that says, I so desire to be in a relationship with you. Continue to come to me, and I will continue to be there in the questions. And together, we will live out lives of love, of grace, so that instead of being dominated by this negative noise, we will listen to the sounds of silence and know that God is there waiting for us, waiting for us to go down paths that lead us to grace and to love and to wholeness. And we do not walk alone when we do. Amen.